Anybody ever been in a place in your life where you made a choice and uh, that choice left you in a place where uh, the outcomes were less than desirable? Anybody ever been there? If you were breathing, you've been here, okay? Just yesterday, um, Heather, we were at home with the girls. We were just hanging out. Heather's like, I want to take the girls to go get our nails done. I said, praise God. You guys go be as long as you want to go, okay? Um, but they're doing girly things, which is awesome. And I love that piece. We got a six and three-year-old, and our three-year-old Brindley is the most sassy, like, uh, uh, just like her mama type personality. And, uh, but she's the most, like, princess. Like, you would not expect it. Like, she's like, she'll, she'll hit you one moment and be like, hey, and now the next. It's like, I don't know, you know. Uh, she, she's going to have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be raising some good sons. I'm telling you that right now, okay? We need a good selection that can handle her. Um, so... <laughs> so they were going off. Uh, they, were, they were getting ready to go. And right when she was like, all right, we're going, I was in Bryn's room, and I hear pop, 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 pop. I said, Lord Jesus, uh, I think that was gunshots. <laughs> we're in an apartment right now as we're building a house, and I said, man, I'm from the south side, but I sure, I sure do know what some gunshots sounds like. <laughs> so I yelled, Heather! Don't go out the garage right now. Don't go. Don't leave. And she didn't hear me, so I'm like, oh, Lord. So I go running to the, the stairs. We have stairs to go down to our, the garage in the, the apartment. And I said, Heather, wait. Well, the garage is already opening up. I'm like, close the garage. There's gunshots outside. <laughs> so she walks over into the stairs, and she looks up at me. And I was like, there's gunshots down there. Like, like stop. Don't go anywhere. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? We're going to be late to our appointment. I'm like, you know what that is as a wife? That's like, you're overthinking this, you're an idiot, and uh, that's, that's, what a, that's what a wife is saying, right? So I'm like, just close the garage, listen to what I'm saying. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? We're going to be late for the appointment. And she wasn't saying like that. She's like, what do you want me to do? We're going to be late for the appointment. I'm like, priorities right now, Chica, life or manicure? What do you want here, okay? Lady, lady's like, uh, you got to get a manicure done. You got to get it done. You got to get it done. So I'm like, I'm like thinking on the moment, I'm like, I got pressure of wife that feels like I'm trying to hold her back from her best life. And then I get like the, the husband protector in me that's like, don't go, there's gunshots. So I'm thinking quick in the moment, I'm like, okay, I heard gunshots, what sounded like was to the back gate. So what I will do, I think the best decision is, I don't want to hold you back, so go to the front gate, how about that? That's a great decision, that's wisdom, right? My ears don't lie. From the south side, that was sure, it was gunshots for sure, no doubt. Um, best way, you're going to get the best of both results. You get your nails done, you're on time, amen, and you, you escape death. And um, so they leave, and I'm like, you know, your boy is pretty smart, you know, got it together, you know, well-versed, you know, from these streets, you know, I'm, I'm you know, pretty good. <laughs> She calls me like two minutes later and is like, uh, there's, a, there's a car that crashed into the gate and there's a bunch of guys around it right now. I was like, he probably got shot at. <laughs> she was like, she's like, I just drove around it. You know, we just kept on going. I'm like, oh my God, I just made the most stupidest choice of my life. You could have died, babe. You could have died. She's like, we're fine. We're going to get our nails done now. It's amazing. They had like 10 cops there, investigators all over the place. Somebody got shot at. I don't know if somebody died or what, but I sent my children and my wife into a 
kill zone. That was the stupidest decision ever. The reality is on a daily basis, we make decisions with the information we have to the best of our ability. And if we're not careful, we will have decisions in which we are making on a daily basis that are not necessarily the most wisest. That is definitely, definitely challenging our QOL, as I would call it, our quality of life. Because here's the deal about life. The, the, the quality of our choices, our QC, will determine the quality of our living, our QOL. I think everybody in here, if I said, hey, what kind of life do you want to live? You would say, I want the best life possible. I want that John 10, 10 life. You know what I'm talking about? Abundance. But more than likely, we're sitting here today with the weight of our decisions upon our shoulders. And maybe today, our QOL is not where we want it to be. Our quality of life. Our quality of life when it's relationally, financially, mentally, spiritually, we're all over the place today because our QCs are not in a good place. Maybe today we are showing up to life and life is showing us how we should live rather than us showing up to life and telling our life how we should live through the choices in which we are making. Proverbs, 20, or Proverbs 4 would say it this way when it comes to wisdom. It says, get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you, love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. When it comes to life, if we can improve the quality of our decisions based in a place, I'm like, man, we got good wisdom. We have, we have a solid amount of wisdom. We have a, simple, you know, a, a good amount of information with experience. And when we have knowledge and good judgment over it, now we can make a decision um, that's going to empower our lives. You say, what is wisdom? Here's the definition of wisdom. The soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. I have experience, I have information, and now I got good judgment. And all these things together, I can make a decision. Here's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We also have the Holy Spirit. That with all of this experience, knowledge, and good judgment, now the Holy Spirit can have truth, biblical truth on the inside of us, that we can make a better decision inside of life. Now, here's the deal. I'd say this. Just because you have a high IQ doesn't mean you have a high QOL. Smart does not, matter, does not mean you have a high quality of life. There's a lot of really smart people that are really wealthy, and they've been through three or four different marriages. There's a lot of, uh, I think it's funny whenever you see a heart surgeon smoking. That's pretty interesting. I think it's funny whenever you have a CFO living paycheck to paycheck. That's a pretty interesting deal. You know, there's really smart people today that overdrink and then they drive. Right? It, just because we have a high IQ does not mean the quality of life in which we are living is good. Quality of life is determined by the wisdom in which we operate. When we have experience, we got knowledge and we have this place of good judgment led by the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus Christ where we are operating in a place where we are making better choices that's leading to better outcomes. Wisdom says, I want better. Now, I love how Devin Lowe says it inside of our church. He says it this way. Devin Lowe would say, um, talk about wisdom in this manner. He says, wisdom says, I want to be healthy right here, regardless of outcomes, Bad outcomes are difficult circumstances. Do not shake wise people. It's actually where wisdom has a chance to shine. 
He's saying, wisdom says, man, health can be found right here, right now, where I am living. I want to live a healthy life. I want to live the best life. I want to achieve all that God has for me. If I want that, then it doesn't matter the circumstances I'm living in or the challenges that I, I face. What matters is, is that I'm gaining biblical wisdom in order for me to apply biblical wisdom to bad circumstances, bad challenges. And that's the beauty of when things can shine. Because Jesus says, man, you want to be my follower, what is it? You want to be my follower, then you need to pick up your cross, follow me. If you're going to be my follower, also, you're going to face some persecution and some challenges. But here's the, take heart, for I've overcome the world. You're going to face challenges, that's fine. But the wisdom, whenever we have biblical wisdom, we can rise up and make good decisions that elevate our QOL, quality of life. Simply by walking in the wisdom God has for us. So we get to shine through circumstances, through challenges, through uh, situations. So I'd say it this way. Information with revelation can lead to transformation. Whenever we have information and revelation, it can lead towards transformation. This is the, the, the spiritual part of it, okay? We live in a world here today with plenty of information, but it lacks biblical revelation. With a lack of biblical revelation, it will not lead towards the transformation that God designs. So we're looking for, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we want all information to come with biblical revelation so that we can receive the full transformation that God has for our lives. What does Romans 12 say? Romans 12 would say it this way. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So, so one mentality is here now, but let God change that. Verse 1 of this says, man, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. But then let God change you, transform. Don't copy the behaviors of this world. Don't let the thinking of this world, the mentality, the, the best of ideas, whoever it may be that comes from it, don't let that guide you. Let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. Changing the way you think will change the way you live. It'll change your choices. It's the transformation that's necessary. Information with revelation will lead towards transformation. God will change the way you think as he reveals his word to you. Then the transformation comes where you're showing up differently to your world today. This is what we want. We want biblical transformation inside of us. We want to be wiser. We want to be able to take all experiences and knowledge and man, good judgment and say, Holy Spirit, help us, empower us on a daily basis. Financially, we want to be strong. Relationally, we want to be strong. You know, in our careers, we want to be strong. Faithfully, spiritually, we want to be strong. These are all areas where we want to be on point inside of our lives. We want to be the wisest. We want to be wise about our choices on a daily basis. But here's the deal. As I say this right now, there's a high possibility that the quality of life in which you are living is less than you desire. As I'm speaking this right now, the relationships in your life probably don't look like you want them to. Your spiritual life doesn't look like you want it to. Your financial situations don't look like they want it to, like you want it to. More than likely today, the product of your living today, what you are sitting in right now with the weight on your shoulders, may not be what you want it to be today. But that's okay. There's beauty 
and coming to a place where we can dive into God's word and say, okay, cool. We, we realize what is. And with that, we want to change what will be. We want to change where we're going by changing who we are. We're going to change the decisions, the processing inside of our lives. You know, in the world of, of choice, we, we live in a world where we, we get to choose. Nobody forced you into a relationship. Nobody forced you to buy that. Nobody forced you to dis get disconnected from God. Nobody forced you to walk away from your marriage. Nobody forced you to do that. It was choices you and I make on a daily basis. Whenever we're not in alignment with our value systems, we will make choices that are less than, and we will experience the chaos of a life of bad choices. How do we improve our choices? How do we get to a place of better choices? Well, oftentimes we gotta change past experiences. These are things that weigh in on our choices here today. Past experiences challenge our, our, our focus and our perspective of today. We were hurt in the past, and more than likely we get hurt in the future. What is the reality? That's probably true. But we're wiser today because we got better. I think it was Kelly Clark who says, what does it kill me makes it stronger? <laughs> you know, that was like, what's the point? That there's past experiences that now we learn from, especially, I mean, we're walking with God. And through the power of revelation, through the Holy Spirit to say, whenever you dove in here, you went with a fleshly desire, and you were not led by the Spirit. And the outcomes led towards this. So what didn't kill you then, praise God, has made you better now through revelation. You're transformed. You're not thinking that way anymore. Make sense? So there's past experiences in which we have that can limit today. If we're not healed, we will allow broken relationship in the past limit us today from relationships moving in the, for the future. We will allow bad decision financially yesterday to lead us into a world of, of fear today where we just are greedy and like, oh, it's not the will of God on our lives. Makes sense. So past experience challenges, emotions challenge us. Oh, I'm angry. So I make an emotional decision in the present. If you're young, this is something you got to be really careful with. But a lot of us are young at heart, so we all got to be careful with it. Amen. But emotional, temporary situations where we're led, oh, that hurt me, and now I'm angry. Eye for an eye, two for a tooth. What's up? You know? But we're in an upside-down kingdom. We're living differently in this kingdom. You get world influences. The world says you need to do this, that, and the other. Why don't you post this? You need to say that. You need to compromise on this. We have all these world influences. But Romans 12 says don't copy those behaviors. Let your mind be transformed. But oftentimes we want to, we've got to be careful on our choices. I'm not going to dive into that because I can get in trouble real quick. We've got generational thinking, generational dysfunction. This is how they did it. This is how they made decisions in the past. This is how they financially managed their stuff. This is how the, the commitment and relationships look like. This is what they did in the past. So now it's influencing our choices today. You get ego inside of there, pride that rises up also in our decision making. Ego. Oh, I don't want to be wrong. Anybody know somebody that's never wrong? Although they clearly are wrong. You're like, you clearly made a bad decision. You're like, no, I didn't. It was the best decision ever. You're like, calm down with your pride right now. Lay it down. Walk in some humility. You're dumb. Okay? <laughs> but all these things weigh into our decision-making today. We have outside world. We got past experience. We got ego on the inside where we don't want to be wrong. And, oh, and it's challenging our QC, our quality of choices. And maybe today we're living in something far less than what God has designed for us. So I'd say this. I'll say this statement this way. Think about it. Think about it like this. Think, think. If your life is going in the direction of your choices, do you like where your choices have you? 
your life is going in the direction of your choices. Do you like where your choices have you? So today I would say, number one, I'm going to talk two different, I'm going to give you two different things here. One, own where you are at here today. If you don't like where you are at, your marriage, your relationship, spiritually, financially, if you don't like where you're at, own where you are at. The best thing to do right now today is to say, man, I've messed up. I've made some really bad choices. I've allowed emotions, past experiences, bad, you know, bad thinking from previous generations. I've allowed that to impact my perspective. And today I'm living less than. I made choices out of fear. I made choices out of lack. I made choices out of a poverty mentality. I made choices out of like uh, my selfish desire. I've made a lot of bad choices. Own what the choices you make and have made. Like that's the, the first thing you have to do. I know we live in a world that's like, you know, you're the greatest thing ever, and you can never do anything wrong. You're so awesome. Let me just tell you, when you come to church, God disciplines the ones in which you love to say, you're not great. You're actually sinful. You're broken. I'm broken. You're broken. So here's the deal. We're all broken in desperate need of a savior. Okay? So get out of the emotional, like, everybody's got to tell me I'm great. Let me just tell you right now, as your pastor, you're not. Why? Not because I say it, because the Bible says it. The Bible says it about me too. We're all broken and fallen. You know, you look at David. You know, I'll talk about a story in David right now. But David was an individual that literally is like, man, from my birth, I was sinful. Ah, I'm broken. Right? We're born into sin. We can't get away from it. You're sinful. I'm sinful. Welcome to the club. But what do we have? We have an incredible Savior. Amen. So with accepting responsibility, now we can lead our lives in humility rather than pride. Pride is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Pride is that place on we want to know more than God. We want to have control. God's like, you don't need to have control. You just got to have trust. And if you trust, you can submit your life to me, and then I'll lead you into all truth. It's not saying, I'm not saying be ignorant. What I am saying is trust God that he knows more. So this place of humility, we can come to say, man, we're fully submitted to you, God. We want to make better choices according to your design. So number one today, if you don't like where the quality of your choices are, you got to own where you are at. Second Samuel says this in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse number one. This is a moment of time King David is in a place, and it says this, in the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to, the, to fight the Ammonites. It says they destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem late one afternoon after the, his uh, midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking out on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. So here's a moment in time where King David, the second king over Israel, he's an incredible man, incredible warrior, took down a giant. He's done multiple different things, leading the army or leading Israel, leading the armies of Israel. There was a moment in time, it says in here, where there's a moment in time when David was not out where the kings uh, should have been, out to war. Because there, there was a time whenever David was out to war when kings were out to war. So this is speaking of a time when David was not where he was supposed to be. But there were times in David's life where he was where he was supposed to be. It's the only way you build life is when you're showing up doing the right things according to the right value system. You're making good QC decisions on a daily basis that bring about good outcomes on the backside. But in this story specifically, David was not where he was supposed to be. He's back in Jerusalem when everybody else is out there. You know, David made some of the most, the, the most amazing strategic decisions to accomplish, uh, to conquer strategic trade route cities 
back on the, the Silk Road, you know, back in the day in the ancient times. He conquered those cities, so therefore he controlled the trade route. Where did that money come from in Jerusalem, all this blessing? It was from strategy given by God in order to go in, take over this, and take a portion of the profits. He was a strategic, wise man. He was an incredible warrior. But in this specific situation, he found himself where he was not in the right place. He should have been at war, but he was back home. And when he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing, what did he do? He left himself vulnerable to sin, to falling short. Now, here's the day. Here's the deal of the day. I would ask you, are you where you're supposed to be? Do you clearly know what your values are, that today you are a value-driven person, when you're showing up to life every single day, you're showing up with the right value system. I'm a follower of God, so I don't compromise God's word in order to appease you. I live according to God's given destiny that I make decisions to fall in alignment with his will, not yours. God's the first priority. Now I'm married today. Any chica or, lady or man rose up on me, complimenting whatever, say thank you. But my wife or my husband is just as good talking to me just like you, okay? So back yourself up right now because I'm not getting caught in temptation for your lying little lips or whatever you want. You can't get this, right? If you have a clear value, I got a family here. I'm not going to lay down chasing after money. I can't serve both God and Moloch. I can't serve that. I got to serve God only. So if you want me to chase money, I can't say chase the money because my value system is I love God. I got an incredible husband or wife, and I got a family. Cool. And guess what? After that, I got a great church, just FYI. Okay? A great church. A great church in which I serve and I give and I love and I pray for it and I bring people to it. I love it. This is my value system. I'm not going to compromise that. Cool. Oh, okay, my career and my calling are after all of that. Cool. Because I'm good here, now I can be good here. A clear value system will put you making decisions on a daily basis to the best of outcomes inside of your life. Some of us live today without a clear value system. We show up every day, I'm like, well, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm going to operate to the best of my ability right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Well, I'm mad right now, so I'm going to overdrink. Okay, cool. That's a great idea. Because you're emotionally frustrated? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going I'm to move in a direction of an individual inside of my life that's been complimenting me because I'm not getting it at home. Right? I'm going to buy this right now because it's going to make me feel so good. Well, you ain't got the money. I don't care. Put it on the credit card. Here's, this is life. We don't know what our value system is. So therefore, our decisions are out of alignment with our value system, and we get outcomes that are less than our desire. So you said today, well, what do you want in your life? And I, I walked you through, and I say, okay, cool. How's your decisions lining up with that? So you go, well, you know. David was not where he should have been. Let me just tell you today, some people in this room today, you're not where you're supposed to be. You should be managing your finances. You should be showing up to your house involved in your kid's life. You should be focused on your wife and or your husband. You should be off where everybody else should be following Jesus Christ. But today, you're, you're, you're in different places and different spaces with different thinking, not knowing your value system. And here today, God and the enemy is entering into your life, proposing bad ideas that, are, that have the appearance of good and temporary satisfaction and you're living to the consequences of bad decisions. Your marriages are falling apart. Relationships are falling apart. You're jumping job to job. You've got credit cards that are all backed up. But it's tied to a place of not knowing who you are and being where you're supposed to be. David should have been out with the kings, but where was he? He was sitting back home where he wasn't supposed to be. And he steps into a situation that now he makes a bad choice. 
He takes, I got the authority. Let me bring Bathsheba into my house. He was the king, and he took advantage of the situation. What happens? She gets pregnant. Rather than being like, oh, my God. God, I've come before you. What does he do? Uh, well, your husband is Uriah. I know who he is. Okay, Uriah, come in. I need to manipulate you into a position where you think this is your kid and not my kid. But here's the deal. Uriah is not backing down because he has a value system. David's like, hey, how about you go back home? You've been like out, you know. You've been at war. You've been away from your wife. I know you probably want to go see her, right? What happens? Uriah's like, no, my men are out there fighting. I have a value system. I'm going to sleep at the gate. David's like, hey, what? Bring Uriah back in here real quick. I need to get some, some type of liquid inside of him that has the ability to intoxicate him that this whole character thing would be compromised for the sake of me not being found out. And Uriah gets drunk, but still he doesn't compromise because David gave him drink. And you don't say no to a king. And he gets drunk and finds himself where even in being drunk doesn't compromise and still sleeps at the gate because his men are out to war. And David says, oh, shoot, I can't get this man to compromise character. But when I, what I will do is I'll put him in a, a precarious position where he'll lose his life and this sin will never be found out. Woo! Bad choice, bad choice, bad choice. But here's the deal. No matter how bad our choices are, no matter how good we get at covering up our bad choices, we'll never be able to hide it from God. And we can live a life lying to ourselves that maybe if we can just cover up and cover up and cover up our bad choices according to a bad value system tied to a sinful nature, that maybe just maybe we'll be able to deceive the world and we won't be found out. It doesn't matter how good we deceive the world. We'll never deceive God. He always knows the inner workings of our heart. He knows what's going on inside of our lives. You flip a chapter over to Sam, 2 Samuel chapter 12. And what happens? A, man, a prophet named Nathan shows up and says, hey, David, guess what? What would you do if there was a rich man and a poor man living inside of a town and this rich man had a plenty of livestock, but this, this poor man had one little sheep and the, the whole family raised this sheep up and they cared for the sheep and they loved this sheep. And this rich man had a guest come into town and rather than going to the plenty of his livestock, he went over to the poor man and took from that poor man the one sheep that he had and prepared a meal for his guest. And David lost his mind. He's like, are you kidding me? There's no way this could happen. This is a horrible situation. Why would that rich man do that? Nathan would look back at him and say, well, you're the rich man in this situation. God knows what you've done to the man Uriah. Here's the beauty. We want God to do that inside of our lives. Why? Because it reveals that he is real. If we're not able to outrun our heavenly creator, it's only revelation that, man, there's a loving God that cares about us. He disciplines the one in which he loves. If we lose the discipline of God, maybe we're, 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 we're in a place where we're completely pressing away the love of God that is chasing after us. We don't want to be in that place. In this moment, you find David, and I love how he does it. In verse number 13, it says, Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, is what Nathan responds back. And you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. Woo! Bad decision, bad decision, bad decision. God confrontation repentance. 
Oh my gosh, look what I've done. I've fallen short of the glory of God. Oh! Let me just tell you today, maybe there's the weight of that on your shoulders, that you know the weight of your decisions have left you in a broken place. And here today, you've been, pride has come up in your life, and you're like, no, 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 not me. But maybe the Lord is convicting you right now to say, stop running from responsibility. Accept and own the decisions in which you made based on whatever value system you had or you didn't have. Own where you are at so that you can get the revelation needed for the transformation that you can become all that God has called you to be. You can show up tomorrow to your life. You can show up tomorrow to your career. You can show up tomorrow to your marriage. You can show up tomorrow to your finances looking completely different because you have the transformation, the wisdom necessary to make decisions in alignment with a God, the biblical value system. Repentance is the start of it. It starts in repentance. I am not, I don't have it all together. God, I've fallen short. Oh, I made bad financial decisions. I made bad relational decisions. I made bad spiritual decisions. God, I repent. I come before you. I need you to reveal in me where I am off so I can have the transformation because I want my QOL to change. I need my QC to change. I want my QOL to change. I'm, uns I'm unsatisfied living in this place that I'm in, you've got to have that on the inside of your life. David repented. Now, here's the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, <laughs> imploring you, encouraging you, own where you're at. Don't live in the victim mentality that this world wants you to live in. Own where you were at. You are a product of your decisions, your decisions. I'm a product of my decisions. Now, here's one thing that's, that's challenging that you're going to have to hear. Just because you change today doesn't mean you remove yourself from consequences. I'll say it this way. Simply changing doesn't change the consequences of bad choices. It simply changes the possibility of bad outcomes in your future. Simply changing doesn't change the consequences of bad choices. It simply changes the possibility of bad outcomes in your future. You're changing today for the outcomes possibly to change tomorrow. Bad things still happen to good people. But I hope bad things meet a different person. I pray that there's a different person that says, cool, bring it on. Hail or whatever else, you know, bring it on. Right? Uncircumcised, as David said to Goliath, uncircumcised Philistine, who are you coming against? God's chosen people. What's up? I hope it's meeting a person like that to say, I'm following Jesus Christ. Come hell or high water, it doesn't matter. I'm not compromising. You're meeting a new person that thinks differently. I am different. I am transformed in the renewing of my mind. I am following Jesus Christ. I have this revelation. Whoa, I'm wise now. So I'll face it. As Devin says, man, it doesn't matter the circumstances, the challenges. doesn't matter. Wisdom is revealed. That's where wisdom gets to shine in the life of a believer, through it. So own it. In the church world. There's people that walk in this con, they've made bad decisions in their past. Now, here's the deal. They still have to go to jail for a period of time. There, there's individuals that walk through these doors, marriage falling apart because they've removed themselves from the marriage. And they face the consequences. Sometimes God doesn't redeem that completely. They're on good standing, but they're not reconciled. We, this, is, this is the world. Bad choices leads to bad outcomes. Repentance is the start. That's a good start for you to say, you know, my, my tomorrow is going to change. My tomorrow is going gonna to change. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to treat my finances different. Cool. Get on some Dave Ramsey so that you can pay down whatever debt you're living in here today. You still got to face the debtors, right? Now, here's the beauty with salvation. You don't have to. 
because Jesus paid the full price upon the cross. We're fully forgiven. We got to face consequences. What happens in this situation is the baby, Nathan says, here's the consequences. Your son that is going to be born out of this sin is going to die. It's the consequences of sin. The wages of sin is death, spiritually or physically. It's a tough situation. I know we're talking about a baby inside of this situation, but that was the cost. It could have cost David and or Bathsheba their lives, but for whatever reason, it was the baby. Consequences come with bad decisions. Maybe you're living in that here today. Last thing I'll leave you with this is the life of Abraham. Maybe you have bad decisions, you're living in it here today, but here's a good a good individual that said, you know what, I'm not going to live by the bad decisions. I'm going to live by good ones, faith-filled ones that are in alignment with my value system. Abraham was a man that made some good choices. I'll say this, number two, change the way you think to change the quality of your choices. Change the way you think to change the quality of your choices. How do you produce quality choices inside of your life? I've already said it, a solid value system. If you don't know who you are, you'll never be able to make choices in alignment with your value system. What is your value system? My value system, and I would implore this upon you, value system is God. God is above everything else. He is our creator. He breathed life into our lungs. We owe him our lives. We're here to honor him, love him, glorify him with the lives in which we've been given. God, marriage. If you're not married here today, you just skip down to family. You got family. What's your value system? Family. Okay, I'm making a decision according to that. What? This is my, fa- my, my family. I love them. I care for them. I'm responsible for that. Then I go, a diff- my larger family, the church. Cool. I got a responsibility to the church. I make up the body of Christ. I'm a part of it. I got a responsibility with it. Then comes calling and career. Underneath all of that. You got your priority. God, marriage, family, my church, my my family, my big family, and because I got all that right and I'm living in alignment with all of that, now I step into calling and career because I can show it to my calling and my career right whenever I have everything else right. I got my priorities right. Many people have career and calling one. Then they'll put marriage two or family two. Sometimes, you know, depending, they make the mistake and they'll say family and then uh, they'll put God somewhere in there, the, the marriage is like down here. It's like, yeah. Just, they've got priorities all jacked up. Maybe, I mean, I'm probably speaking to somebody, you're, like, you're right. These are, you want to change the QC, get the values in alignment. But it's not just good to have a good value. I mean, you need a good value system. You know what else you need? You need good counsel. Good people around you that are wiser and smarter, right? Lives that have been lived before us. We live in an age that says, man, reject authority. No, you are, you are, I want to say, I want to say things that are probably too much. Okay, um, you are unwise if you reject authority. That's the ways of this world. The ways of this world says reject authority inside of your life. You don't need authority. No, God says get some authority inside of your life. Get some accountability. Get somebody that loves you and is going to tell you the truth. The enemy knows that if he can get you away from godly wisdom, he can have you completely manipulated to his own desire. Oh, he's got your flesh, and man, that flesh will jack you up. 
You'll date people that you know you should never date because their values are completely out of alignment with yours. Their, their character is completely out of alignment with yours. And you'll keep on dating the wrong people over and over and over and over and over again because you're not listening to godly wisdom. Why? Because you got some flesh. And the enemy's like, oh, I got you. And all your insecurities. We'll make financial decisions out, out of all, like, not in our value system. Make it feel, temporarily feel good. It's going to make me feel good. No, 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 it's not. Buy cars and houses and everything else in between that we can't financially support but gives the appearance of something we are not. And we will live in the chaos of because we're out of alignment with. Man, elevate wisdom. Elevate it. We got to get good counsel around us. Good people around us. I'll read you two scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. What does that mean? Get godly wisdom around you that can help you talk through your ideas. Proverbs 24, 6 says this, so don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Stepping out into life, the challenge of life, get some advisors around you. Success is dependent upon it. Don't try to go at it alone. The prodigal son did that. I know better. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to take my stuff and I'm going to run. But he faced the consequences of bad choices according to no accountability. A fleshly desire. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do greater. And he faced the consequences of bad decisions. Abraham chose, though. What Abraham chose is, I'm going to choose God, God's identity in my life. I'm called out of my father, father and mother's house. And I'm called to live a faith-filled life. Through me, God has called me to bless all the people of the earth. Amen. I'd say the first thing for you, like when it comes to value system, uh, a good, uh, good wise counsel around you, the third one in there is a bold life. That bold life is I know what my values are and I got good counsel. Now I'm going to go actually live it with courage. I got courage and I'm going to do these things. Abraham was willing to, God said this, so I'm willing to do it. And he stepped out of his father and his mother's house and went and know in identity, knowing who he's called to do. Every person in here, you gotta have that God identity on the inside of you. That I know who I am inside of Christ. I'm not backing down, I'm rising up, right? I'm gonna be a person that is uncompromised inside of my faith. I know my identity. I'm a child of God. I was bought with a high price, which means I have a high value. I'm fallen. Here's the beautiful dichotomy here. Here's the beautiful dichotomy of this right here. I'm a fallen creation that based on my decisions, I would be unlovable. But man, I'm of immense value to my heavenly father that he gave his best for me. And the beautiful dichotomy is living in that humility to say, I'm broken, I'm fallible, but man, I was of enough, enough value that God gave his best for me. Amen, that's a beautiful dichotomy right there. <laughs> Knowing who you are, finding that identity. Abraham stepped out of his father and mother's house and went. He's a father of the faith. And the Bible says this, he gained a good reputation by operating in godly wisdom. He just walked by faith, lived by faith, trusted God. My sinner, he's my highest priority above all else. Fathers of the faith lived by faith, and he gained a good reputation. The second thing that you can find in the Abraham story is there's a lot of different stories, but when he left Egypt and he came up to the promised land, he settled in the land. And he's traveling with his nephew, Lot. And Lot looked at the land. They basically, they're trying to exist in the same place. And they had these challenges between their herdsmen. And, and Abraham says, it is not good for our herdsmen to be fighting 
against each other. How about we just separate? Because, man, this is causing the friction in this relationship. Let's just separate. He says, he says to his nephew Lot, Lot, you choose which way you want to go. You want to go to the left, then I'll go to the right. You want to go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And here's the cool thing about the story. Lot was able to choose, but Abraham was confident in his faith. Abraham was confident in his calling. Abraham knew no matter what choice Lot made, because his heart was in the right place, it didn't matter where he was geographically. Lot looked at the land, and the Bible would tell us that, man, Lot looking at the land in Genesis 13, he would look at the land and say, man, ooh, this area over here. I'll just read it for you. I'll read it. it says, this land over here, verse number 10 of chapter 13 says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. He looked at it and said, man, this place is beautiful. What is he doing? He's looking with his eyes. There's one thing to look with your eyes. It's a completely different thing to look with your heart. Because you can look at something with your eyes, but man, the Holy Spirit will reveal something inside of your heart that is far different than reality of what you are seeing. He looks at us and says, man, this thing is looking good. He goes on, the whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord. Woo, lots like, dang, this is good. It says, or the beautiful land of Egypt. This is before Sodom and Gomorrah says, verse number 11, Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham. I'm going here because it looks good. Whoa, this is the land of the Lord. It looks good. But what you find is Abraham is in this place and say, you choose and I'll go the opposite. Right after, right after Abraham or after Lot leaves, the crazy thing about this story is God would show up to Abraham and say, hey, don't you forget that I called you to leave and you're going to be a blessed nation. Look at the sky and as numbered as that sky is, it's going to be the number of your descendants. Let me remind you the promise I gave you. Lot chose a good place, but don't remember where the blessing is coming to. I'm going to bless you. What I want you to hear out of this, because Abraham was a man that his highest priority was operating in faithfulness towards his God, it didn't matter where he was geographically. What matters was that his heart was in the right place with God. Lot chose a place because he was looking with his eyes on what he could gain from a fertile land. And it brought him to destruction. But Abraham knew, man, I'm serving my Lord God, and it doesn't matter where I'm at geographically. What matters is, is where I'm at spiritually. And I'll tell you today, the wages of your sin is death. And you may be in a broken space, and you're in a tough space here today. But if you can get your heart in the right place, it doesn't matter your geographic location and or your spiritual location or whatever. As long as your heart is in the right place to say, you know what? I have fallen short. I take ownership of it. But I want to make better decisions. I know who I am in Christ, and my heart's in the right place to honor God. Then God will bless your life. He'll bless your life. He'll elevate you. He'll empower you. He'll strengthen you. Strengthen you. He will bless your life, but your heart's got to be in the right place. Doesn't matter where you're at geographically. It matters where you're at spiritually. So let's stand up to our feet here today. And what I want us to do is step into a time to receive. I want us to step into a time to receive here today that maybe we are in a broken place. Maybe we are in a challenged space. Maybe our finances are all over the place. Maybe our relationships are all over the place. Maybe today, we, our marriages are struggling here today. And if you say, man, you, you've been off doing the wrong things, well, it's time to get your mind right to be changed and transformed into the mindset of Christ, that, man, you can start showing up 
and get to the right places God has called you to be. Maybe you need to be at war over your family, at war over your, your, your marriage, at war over your relationship with God, at war over your finances. Maybe you got to get to the place that God has called you, but you got to change it here. It's got to come through revelation. That transformation can happen. Transform revelation can happen right here. So I've been speaking, you already seen, I'm, ah, I'm in a broken place. I'm in a, I'm in a tough spot. Own it. Own it and start asking God for the revelation that brings transformation in whatever is broken in your life here today. Come on, let's sing this out here today and just step into it. God, reveal. Reveal. My, my desires are off. My perspective is off. I'm pursuing the wrong things. Come on. When I praise you, just begin to repent. God, forgive me where I'm off. Forgive. Come on, let's sing it. Faithful 